Welcome to the Andrea Ingstrom Show. I'm passionate about helping you break through to your next level of abundance, success, and freedom so that you can create the life you desire and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Andrea Ingstrom, and on today's show, we're going to talk about making a big impact in a community with your business and talk about inspiring others. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today, Brenda Stroud. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. So Brenda has made an incredible impact in a community that struggles with what so many small towns in America deal with, creating Mm -hmm. beautiful, affordable housing. And she's created an incredible business investing in a small community. So Brenda, tell us about where do you live and where do you primarily do business? I live in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is on the outskirts of Atlanta, and I do um, business in Tuskegee, Alabama, which is about two hours away from where I live. All right. And so you are a real estate investor. And tell us, how did you get started in the real estate business? Well, initially, um, my son and I had identified some property uh, up in Maryland. We bought a couple of properties in Maryland initially, one or two, you know, here and there. Then a few years back, we decided to go into it full time. Um, we found a property in Tuskegee, Alabama. Um, my niece is a student at Tuskegee University. She's a veterinarian student. So I went there with her for, for an orientation and we um, noticed that the area was 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 in need of investing. Tuskegee is a historical um, town, has a historical black college and just a lot of history there. So I was really stunned at the condition of the town when we went there. So my son and I decided that we want to, impl- to plant our investment flag in Tuskegee. So we started investing in Tuskegee about um, 2020. Oh, I love it. So you you saw a need, you saw a place where you could make a difference and decided to to jump in with both feet. Tell us tell us what you've been able to do in that community over the last few years. Um, we've purchased about 13 properties um, over the last two years. Um, three of them we decided to, to flip or to sell to create comps. And the five of them we have that, that are occupied currently, they're either an Airbnb or they're, um, we're renting them out to students or to faculty members. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are completing a rehab on the remaining properties that we have and hope to be done by the end of the year with all of our rehabs. Awesome. And so you just said something really interesting that I think people can learn from. You said, you know, when you came into this community, you instead of just holding on to all the property like a lot of investors do, you decided to flip and then sell it to create comps. Explain to our listeners, what exactly does that mean? Well, Tuskegee, because it isn't a a small town and it's an underserved community, most of the properties that are listed for sale there are sold as is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if there are some that have been rehabbed, they, um, um, those, um, the, 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 I'm sorry, the investors are holding on to them. So the market, they're not able to capture the value. So we realized when we started um, rehabbing our property that there there wasn't anything to compare it to. So we we decided to sell some of our properties to create that value, um, the ones that have been rehabbed and which not only adds value to the to the area, but also adds value to the properties we're holding on to. There's no new development in Tuskegee. um, There's no hotels in Tuskegee. So, you know, so by doing that, we we hope to be a part of what's going to elevate the value of the properties there. Oh, I love it. I bet the neighbors in those community in that community are so excited to see 
fresh things being done and go, wow, look what's possible here. And mm -hmm. so in that area, um, tell, you know, tell me, you know, why did you look at that community and say, this would be a great place to, to invest from a business perspective? Like what were, what were some of the numbers that you saw in terms of what you could buy property for? And, um, and like, why was it a good business decision? Well, I, th I think it's a, it's a good business decision because they were in need need of the housing. And I knew we could provide that for them at a good price. Um, so, so going into Tuskegee and their purchase price could be anywhere from, I bought a house as low as $15,000. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the ARV on that particular property is 330. You know, it, once what? I rehab it to <laughs> Yes. What? Yes. And I got it for 15,000. And after we finish your rehab on it, it's going to have seven bedrooms and four bathrooms. The ARVs it, at the time uh, when I assessed it was 330. It's probably a little bit higher higher now. So it made sense to me to go into this community because I could get the product at a low price. Mm -hmm. I could add value easily, not only financially, but as far as quality of life for that particular community and hopefully make it a destination again. Their population has come down over the last uh, over the last few years. They're now at around a little less than 9,000 people in yeah. this particular community. So I, I think part of their um, their need is to put things in place to make it a destination. Mm -hmm. So part of creating um, quality housing and really unique um, Airbnbs hopefully will help to turn that around for the community to not only help with housing, but also people are going to spend their dollars there. If they live there, they're going to spend their dollars there. So that will help the tax tax base as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. And yeah. so some people, some people, when you, when you hear about a declining population, yeah. they would, they would run and say, that's not mm -hmm. a good area for me to invest. What made right. you feel like you could make a difference and that you could be the change? Well, you know, I think that, I think that one of the reasons why a lot of communities struggle is because of lack of investment. Mm. Tuskegee has a historical black college that's been there since the late 1800s. Um, you know, so there's a lot of history there. If you're familiar with the Tuskegee Airmen, um, that's where they actually educated the, the, the young black pilots at that time was all in Tuskegee. So there's a lot of history there. It's a place that I grew up hearing about as a child when I grew up up north. So it's so I, I really feel like it's important to, for it to maintain the value that it has in history, but also it, from the standpoint of uh, increasing the um the quality, like I said, quality of housing. I keep going back there, quality of housing. So um, I just think Tuskegee is a great investment. And it, mm -hmm. to start there, hopefully we can start there and then kind of fan out to other areas that are underserved. And what I mean by underserved, they're not getting the dollars that maybe like your Auburn or your Atlanta is getting to help you know keep the community flowing. So there is a need for people like myself to come in and make the investment and hopefully allow others to see that this is a good place to, to invest in. Mm hmm. So mm -hmm. even in a community that has, uh, you know, maybe a slightly declining population, there's always going to be people that are looking for a nice place to live. Yes. And yes. so you are you're filling a need in that market um, mm -hmm. that, you know, even though, you know, we're not talking about like, you know, building a thousand new homes because that maybe right. wouldn't make sense. But to right. elevate the quality of life for a you know for a handful of people that want a beautiful, affordable place to live, you're right. absolutely filling filling an, an important need there, and it's it's got potential to make really long term 
impact in that community. So you've been very mission driven when it comes to this place. And that, I think that's really inspiring. I hear, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard so many women, especially be inspired by your story and, and how you're making an impact and helping turn a community around because they maybe come from a small town or they mm-hmm. are familiar with small towns that they would love to be able to make that kind of impact. You know, for you, like, why is that something that you are passionate about? Where does that where does that come from? Well, I mean, I've always um, wanted to help in the community and want to serve the community. My first initial career was uh, in, as a law enforcement officer up north. Mm-hmm. Um, so I served the community, Prince George's County um, community for over 18 years. Prior to that, I was a letter carrier. <laughs> I delivered mail to Thurgood Marshall, uh, you know, back in back in the day. And then, you know, of course, that kind of trans I, I trans transitioned that that idea of helping the community into real estate and into helping this particular community because it's not just about me going there and making money. I wanted to be a part of this community. I've joined the Chamber of Commerce. I've met with the various different council members in the areas in which I own property. Uh, you know, I, I want to be an active part of redeveloping this particular community. So that's what excites me about it. That's what kind of drew me there. I know that I can do it. I know that I have a lot of great ideas to bring to the table. Like I said, it's about creating quality housing and as well as making sure that people know that they matter. So I want to make sure that I play a role you know, in that and I bring some of my Northern ideas South as far as modernizing some of the houses. Um, so I'm just really excited about, about being a part of change there. And I'm excited at the, the fact that the community has welcomed me to, you know, yeah. to come there. Yeah. Well, so, so many people will say, well, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just a nurse. I'm just a letter carrier. I'm just a cop. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just, uh, what made you feel like you could be successful as a real estate investor coming out of a, you know, a long career of just being a community servant? Well, you know, I really felt like I was like it was led by God. Mm. (laughs) I really do. I really feel like God planted me here, you know, to be a part of change. So it's not it's it's not as easy to kind of like put my finger on exactly what moment I realized it. But I knew that when when I went into that community that I could make a difference. And I felt like I was it was spirit led. Everything fell into place. Because I have to say, when I started in the mentorship program um, that that you and I are, you know, are part of, I didn't have any money. I had zero dollars and I was I felt led by God, just you know, that this is where I needed to be, first of all, to get that to, to get that knowledge and then to take that knowledge and apply it to this amazing community. So mm-hmm. I really felt like that, that it, that it was um, God led, you know, in reference to this is where this is where I'm going to start It's historical Tuskegee. So, you know, so it's to me, it's it's a no brainer. I mean, there's. I think this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be playing the role that I'm playing there, um, helping the community and even inspiring some, inspiring some of the people from that community to jump on board. We hire from within the community. Our contractors live in the community. I try to keep the dollars in that in that particular community. And they're surprised when I talk to them that I'm not from there. That's the first question. Are you from here? Your parents from here? No. I just saw yeah. it in the community that, that I have a great appreciation for. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I could do it. So I, I felt I needed to do it. I love it. I love it. You know, and there's so many people that would, would look at themselves and say, cause you're, you're, you're from the Atlanta area, like where you live right now, but um, mm-hmm. there's so many people that would use that as an excuse why they couldn't get into investing or why they can't be successful in their business. And so 
what I think is is also so inspiring. You're you're so mission focused, but you you also did not accept the limitations that other people would put you you didn't say well i got no money and i'm living in an area that's really expensive i can't do this you Mm. you 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 had a vision and you created a way and so i i think that's part of what's so inspiring about about what you're doing tell me about what are some of the greatest benefits that you see in investing in a small community in particular okay yeah i think one of the biggest benefits is that it's affordable yeah. So, I mean, you could go into this community and buy houses, as I said earlier, you know, not not every community you can find a house of 15000 but you can find a house at a really good price and add value, you know, to yeah. that particular community. So that that to me is a big part of it. You can do more because you can now afford more, mm-hmm. you know, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. so I, I and, and, you know, I just really wanted to to be a part of that. I really wanted to, you know, I didn't want to invest my dollars in Atlanta because Atlanta has enough investors. There's enough people that want to be a part of change in, in Atlanta. You don't have as many people that's looking at a Tuskegee or some a place that looks like a Tuskegee and saying, that's where I want to plant my investment flag. Well, that's, that's what, you know, I felt that that's where I needed to be because it was truly about helping the, the people in the community. They have a student housing shortage in Tuskegee. They have, you know, traditional housing shortage. It's a Tuskegee, the community, the, the citizens in Tuskegee are, are an older community. Uh-huh. So a lot of times the younger generations, when they graduate or, you know, whether it's from high school or whatever the case may be, they'll leave and they don't come back. Mm-hmm. So so when you have an older population, unfortunately, as you know, as they, you know, things happen, that population continues to go down unless you put something or invest something in that community to make it a destination again. Mm-hmm. And I've met some people that moved away, moved up north, had their career, and they love Tuskegee so much that they want to move back at retirement. Uh-huh. So when you've li- lived in a modern, um, you know, a modern setting, and then you're trying to move back to an area that where a lot of the houses haven't been renovated, it's yeah. not always easy for them to find that quality housing. So hopefully, we can get enough, you know, more of those people who want to come back, wanting to buy these houses that were renovating, adding value once again, um, will help to, you know go towards Tuskegee turning around. Recently, they got the contract for a, a warehouse that they're building now. And it's a Hyundai factory, parts factory. Oh, major. That's a major employer yes. coming. That's exciting. Ab- absolutely. They've already started construction. Of course, they need housing. Yeah. There, like I said, there are no new housing developments in Tuskegee. Yeah. So, you know, so hopefully down the road, I can be a part of that as well. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so we so we want to make sure we're, we're able to meet that need. I've met with the mayor. We've talked about it. Um, so I want to be a part of that, too, is, you know, making sure they can meet the need and they can get enough of those workers to either be from Tuskegee or draw them to Tuskegee. That's fantastic. I love that you talked that you, you said that I've, I'm meeting with the mayor and in bigger cities like that kind of interaction with city government does, is not always possible for you know a small business owner um or someone coming in from out of town like so it seems like when you when you're in a smaller community some of those Mm -hmm. some of those people and relationships can can be even more accessible is that your experience is like you can get in touch with those people Absolutely. I went to I went to one of their um, festivals. They have festivals in the square in, in the square every summer. Uh-huh. I went there last year just to kind of see what was going on. And I met the, the you know, the person and the second person in the Chamber of Commerce. Awesome. And then that's when she's like, you need to come on out. And I, I came out to a meeting. I joined. I'm actively involved with her. I can call her on the phone and say, hey, what you need, what you got, whatever. 
Um, so yeah, it's 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 just that simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's to go yeah. to a, a community event. You can and talk to people and introduce yourself. And that's because that was my goal. Like I said, I want to be an active part of this community. It it came easy. That's beautiful. <laughs> it, it came easy. Yeah. So let's talk about what, what are some of your personal strategies for relationship building? So what are what are the things that you do to build solid partnerships, business relationships, even from, you know, a distance because uh, you're living you're not even living in that town, but you come back to, to do these projects. So what do you do that's really intentional to develop relationships? Well, initially, my first relationship when I got there was with a, lo a local realtor. Mm -hmm. So, so she helped me to, you know, find properties. Um, um, she does sometimes help me with a little bit of research, whatever the case may be from her. I got refer uh, referrals for a contractor. And anytime I go to the hardware store or I go someplace, I'm always asking for referrals. My contractor lives within the community. Again, do you know, electrician plumber, I'm always asking for yeah. referrals. I talk to the neighbors, um, that wherever I own a property, I will, you know, go out and introduce myself to the neighbors to let them know, hey, I'm here. Um, then I'll ask them, hey, do you know of anyone that 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 you know that does good work that I could hire from within the community? So a big part of it is just you know letting people know what my needs are, mm -hmm. and, and and you know and talking to them and making myself available to them. But not only am I trying to take information back, but I'm trying to give something back to them as well. Yeah. So it's a give and take type of relationship. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, um, how do you how do you find is like one of the best ways to provide value to a connection that you're making in the business that you're in? How do you how do you do the give and take? Because you need a lot of things to be able to get the things done. So, how do you provide value to them? Um, I, I think just providing information, you know, to mm. them. When you know, when I'm looking, like I have a project that I might that I'm completing now. I'll reach out to the community. Hey, you know, anyone is looking to buy I, my, I can talk to my, I've, I've spoken with my realtor and became aware of all the different programs that are available. That's out mm -hmm. there financially where they can qualify to buy these homes. People who are maybe considering to rent, I would introduce the idea. Have you ever thought about buying? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times renters don't know that they, they, they qualify to buy unless you put them in a position where they can be evaluated or be assessed. But they never think that, oh, I, I can do this. So sometimes it takes somebody planting that seed. So I try to find out about all the local programs because it is an urban area. So you have different tools that's available for urban areas than what you would have in other areas mm -hmm. with 100 percent financing or, or assistance with down payment. Awesome. So a lot of that is just giving information. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Do you, um, well, so speaking of renters versus as buyers, so you've, you've done a mix in that area and you actually have something really unique that you do in terms of creating student housing. Um, so talk to us about how that works and why that has been a profitable strategy for you. Okay. Well, Tuskegee does have a housing shortage. Um, and so what I do is, um, I rent my houses out by the room, by the bedroom, their rent, includes all of the expenses, the utilities, the services such as cutting grass, lawn, um, lawn I mean, lawn care, uh, alarm systems, and um, Wi-Fi, all of that is included. So that when I offer the product to the student, they know what the cost is gonna be for the whole year. Their parents feel comfortable knowing that I'm a retired police officer and I'm the one that's there, that's gonna make sure that everything is okay. I manage my own properties. So I stay in contact with my, with my tenants. Um, and just to, like I said, to check on them to make sure they that, that everything is all the needs are met. If there is, if they tell me that there's something wrong, I respond quickly. 
Mm -hmm. I make sure I stay on top of that stuff because they're trying to get their education. They don't have time to be dealing with a problem (laughs) and and I I don't want them to. So I, I, um, I also make contact with their parents. Um, You know, in some cases, the parents are co-signers. In some cases, the parents just want to know where their their child lives. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's one strategy. But I also rent to faculty because there are some faculty members that live in Atlanta and they work in Tuskegee. So they come they in Tuskegee during the week and they go home on the weekends. So I took one of the houses and I rent it just like I do to students by the bedroom to faculty members because they have a need too. Yeah. And so what's the difference from a standpoint of, because a lot of people listening are maybe familiar with Airbnb versus a long-term rental. How does student housing fall in terms of what, you know, how, is it more profitable than just renting out to a single family? How does, why would you make that choice with the properties? Well, absolutely. So the the market rent in that area, let's say if it's $800 is the market rent for that particular area. Um, If I have a three bedroom, two bath house, then I could rent the master out for $800. Then I I rent the other two rooms that share a bathroom. I might rent those for $700 or $750 each. Wow. (laughs) Each. Yeah. 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 So that that makes, to me, that makes better sense to, to, you know, to do that. Now the house is furnished along Mm -hmm. with the utilities being included. And my students pay quarterly. So Mm. every three months in advance, they pay their rent. I haven't had any issues because I know that sometimes people are concerned about college students and tearing up your house. I don't have that problem. Yeah. Um, You know, half of my students are graduate students, Um, you know, and the other half are are, are upperclassmen. So I don't really have that problem because I'm present. I do quarterly inspections. Um, of my property. So um, I, for me, it makes sense <laughs> to do that. But I also want to provide, create housing for the local local um, residents as well. So mm-hmm. that's part of what we're working on now is trying to get some of the, the, the future rehabs that I have coming um, for local residents too, because I don't want them to feel left out uh, because we're servicing the student uh, population. Right. Right. So what what do you think the potential is for the future of investing in Tuskegee? Do you feel like you've kind of tapped out that market's potential or is there more opportunity? Oh, much more opportunity. There's so much to go around. I mean, I'm just a very small, you know, small part of the revitalization in Tuskegee. I invite other investors to come on to Tuskegee and be a part of change there or, or, or communities similar to Tuskegee. That's, you know, so there isn't there, you know, there isn't a need to kind of like hold it closer and like, a, yeah, you know, somehow I don't want to share. No, I invite other people to come and do what we're doing. There's so uh-huh. many houses that are in need of renovation um, and re- renovations, as well as the commercial side. We're starting out for us. We're starting out. We started out on the commercial. I mean, I'm sorry, the residential side. And we hope to go over to the commercial side and and um, and um, create businesses and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone is thinking about investing out of state or out of their general area, you know, one of the things that, that they will be concerned about maybe is how do I find a deal? Like, so Brenda, how do you find deals in, in that area when you're not even living there? Well, because it is an underserved community, a Uh lot of the properties that's listed for sale, there is a deal. (laughs) You know, they're 50 cent deals and 60 cent deals. So I do start out looking at the MLS. Now, initially I was, you know, considering doing some of the other marketing strategies that you sometimes hear about when getting into real estate investing. But in an, I, I learned that in an, underserved community, you don't necessarily have to go that route. 
uh-huh. um, because a lot of these properties are being sold as is. So I, I start on the MLS. I introduce myself to the neighbors. I've gotten some some deals from the neighbors deciding, hey, I'm going to sell my property to that nice lady next door and uh-huh. I'm going to take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so it's a word of mouth or the MLS. Now, I will say I did do one marketing campaign. Um, I think 95 postcards I sent out um, a, a year a year or so ago and I got one house okay. that I still currently own out of that one postcard. Now, will I do something like that again in the future? Possibly. I'm not uh-huh. going to rule it out. But I don't have to do that because it is an underserved community and there is so much need. Right, right. Yeah. So the, the word's getting out that you're a buyer mm-hmm. and yes. and you're you're great at making connections. So um, the other thing that people would would be maybe concerned about is how do I find a contractor in in a, in a community? Do you have any trouble finding contractors there? Um, I wouldn't say trouble. I think you you definitely have to take your time to find the right contract. Just like anywhere. Yes. Just like exactly. Find the right contractor um, that meets your needs. So, again, that's where that going back to when I go to the hardware store or I go other places, I'm always asking, do you you know, do you have any recommendations? Because the people at the hardware store, they know who's doing good business. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's only, you know, it's a small little hardware store. So I ask them for referrals and kind of go from there. But I've been very fortunate. I have a very good contractor. And actually, um, I, I was able to hire his hire his wife as my assistant. So I so now I don't have to go every time something ha- happens. I can reach out to my assistant, and she can take care of things for me. So I would definitely recommend if you're investing outside of the area that you live in, get an assistant that's in that community that can kind of help bridge the gap. Um, Beautiful. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, the the one of the best things that I did. She's like, "Do you need any help?" Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and she's great. She actually, she also does, she's my point of contact for my Airbnb. She does the turns for my Airbnb. So it's a, and she wants to get into investing. Awesome. So it's good. So it's really a give and take relationship. And I plan to help her and her husband get into, you know, what I do. They're just sitting back watching and they're amazed at what I was, you know, what we're able to do in this community. And I want to bring them on board to do the, the exact same thing. Oh, so exciting. Well, that that's, I think, one of the one of the beautiful things about when you start to gain some success in what you're doing is the opportunity Mm -hmm. to share that with others. And that's something that, you know, it's one of the reasons I invited you on the podcast today is because you're constantly sharing what you know with other people and inspiring others that they can do it, too. And so I love that. I love that you're finding opportunities, not only um, with other, you know, women entrepreneurs and investors and stuff, but also mm-hmm. like giving back in that community and, uh, you know, inspiring others that live there, that they can yes. do this too, and that they can, that they can be successful and make a difference in their community at the same time. Absolutely. Cause you know, I feel like I'm a connector. Yes. You know, I really feel that's one of my, my gifts, an encourager and a connector. So if I run across someone who provides good services or they just uh, good knowledge, whatever that is, I want to do everything that I can to share that information to, you know, with the next person or with the world in you know any way possible. So that so being able to do this as an investor, to be a successful real estate investor provides me an opportunity to, to use both of my gifts as a connector and as an encourager. So that's exciting for me to be able to share what God has put in me and that I'm in, it's intended for me to give to others. I love it. So a connector and encourager, what are some of the other qualities that you believe are, are critical for an entrepreneur to be successful? 
Well, you have to be honest. <laughs> you have to be, you have to be honest. If it's not working, you got to be honest with yourself to say, to, to, to let yourself know you got to go to plan B. Mm. <laughs> you know, you got to be ethical. You got to yeah. be humble. You know, so, you know, it's, there are a lot of things that, you know, it really taps into who you are as a person that's going to make you successful as an entrepreneur and, and yeah. on the business side, you know, of, of everything. So, you know, for me, it just, I'm, I'm caring. I want to, you know, I, I want to make sure that not only that I win, but that those that I'm in, that I come in contact with, that they win also. So creating those win-win type of, you know, situations, it can't be about money. Yeah. Um, maybe for some people that works for them, but for me, it's not about, uh, about money, not only about money. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but it's really about, you know, helping the community and, and servicing others. So you really got to figure out, you know, what are your goals? What do you think your purpose is, you know, in, in this life that you're living in, you know, at this time? So I think my purpose is to help, help other people to elevate and to go to the next level and while, and, and, and me doing that, that will also allow me to elevate. Mm. So, I, you know, I, so I think it's important that you really take a self-assessment. You cannot be scared. <laughs> you cannot be scared. I'm a bridge jumper. I jump off any bridge that I see that looks like it's going to be fun. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I got my little parachute on all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so, I, you know, so I'm not, I, I don't allow certain situations to, to scare me. I just look at it. I assess it. I come up with a plan A, plan B, and sometimes a plan C. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason I, I exhaust all my options, then it, it may be time to pull, you know, pull the plug and move on to something else. Because investing, uh, being a real estate investor is not about, you know, whether or not you're going to lose money. It's a matter of how much money you're going to lose. Mm. So you may have a scenario where you go into your first deal, you go into it because a learning, you know, it's a it's a learning curve. And I yeah. may lose ten thousand dollars. I have to be OK with that because it's going to be another deal down the road what I learned from losing that $10,000 will allow me to, to make an extra $100,000. So if you understand that about investing, that, you know, it's not really, it's not a failure just because you quote unquote lost a little bit of money. No, that's, that's the cost of, 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 of education. <laughs> and yeah. you, you move on, you move on. So you can't, you can't move in fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So gaining that courage, what are, what are some things that, that you do? Cause I, and I know you were a cop for 18 years. Like you, you've yeah. developed some of those, some of that skill set for purpose, but for people who maybe haven't been through experiences like that and it doesn't come as naturally to them, like what are some things that people can do to overcome fear? Well, I think you got to face your fear and what it's really about. Cause nine times out of 10, what you're scared of, is not what it's really about. You have to understand what it stems from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was when I was in, you know, a police officer, and I would go into some of the communities that you know maybe would have people who might be doing things they shouldn't be doing. Rather than you know sitting back and watching them, I would walk up to the young men and I introduce myself and I find out their name. I could refer to them by their last name, you know. So I would go right in and engage, you know, with them and even say, "Hey, look now, you know what I do." <laughs> All right, I have an idea what you do. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Don't do that in front of me. We'd be good. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So there are people too. You have to understand that these things, you know, the people you come in contact with, the communities that you may have, you know, in, in some ways, you know, evaluated as not being such a great community, whatever. They're people, you know, so you have to treat them like they're people. You have to treat these 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 um, ventures that you're considering going into, you know, and what they are, which is just an opportunity for you to grow and look at it from that standpoint, not win and lose, you know, mm-hmm. not good and bad, 
but yeah. as an opportunity for me to elevate myself and learn something new and be excited about learning something new. Don't be fearful because you can't, you know, you can't control it and you don't know every little thing that's going to happen. We don't need to know every little thing's going to happen. All you need to know is walking the knowledge of knowing I'm going to be successful at it. Now, whether or not I make money on the first one, that's not that's not necessarily what, what makes makes it success successful. It's whether or not you actually walk away from that scenario with some new knowledge and new information that you can apply in the future to help you to continue to elevate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, what advice would you give an individual who wants to make an impact in a community um, in the way that you have in the area of housing development? Yeah. I, I say um, get involved, you know, identify these areas. They're easy to, 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 to kind of pick out and go to those areas and, and start talking to people. Someone's out in their yard or someone's doing something, stop and talk to them. Hey, my name is Brenda Stroud. I'm considering investing in this particular area. Can you tell me anything about this amazing community? You know, nice. what do you think the reasons why it may, you know, why do you think it may be struggling? Or why, why have you, you know, stayed here for 40 years? Have conversation with people. You'd be surprised what people share with you because they love the community that they're in. You know, it's just that there's some things that's happening that's out of their control yeah. that, you know, that kind of, has shifted things in such a way that it makes it difficult for them to handle it all by themselves. So, you know, let them know, Hey, I want to be a part of this team. I, I see what you see in this particular area. Do you know anyone who may be, you know, in a, in a position where they're looking to sell or they're looking to come back or someone's passed on and they don't know what to do with the property, have conversations, dialogue with people. Cause I think that's the difference between going into an underserved community and going into a community that's thriving. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, in a community that's thriving, there's nothing to be said. I mean, it, it speaks for itself as far as the value of the property. And, and you're going to compete with others to get in there. But in an underserved community, yeah, there may be some questions that need to be answered first for you to see what approach you want to take. So mm -hmm. I say, you know, um, get involved in, in that particular community. Talk to people. Find out what the needs are. You know, find out what the price point is, um, you know, and it start there. And then you start building on that and then you'll be able to put position yourself where you could, you know, you would be able to, to determine if that's a good fit for you or not. It may not be a good fit for you. It's a good fit for me, but it may not be a good fit for you. And it's good to identify that as early as possible so you can make, you know, so you can move forward from there. So Brenda, what's next for you? What What's coming up that you're excited about? Well, I am negotiating the purchase of 29 properties. What? Uh, with, yes, with a local investor who um, they they his his grandfather bought about thirteen hundred um, properties in the tax sales over the years. Yes, wow. And he passed away recently. Now they're in the process of selling off his entire portfolio. So I'm negotiating with them for the first purchase, which would be twenty nine properties. And then once we complete that transaction, um, the second purchase would be an additional thirty properties. So I'm excited about hopefully getting this negotiated to the point where we can close and adding the value back into this community, 60, almost 60 properties, and that we can add value by creating quality housing, bringing in other investors. I'm real excited about that particular um, venture. Yes. Um, and then also uh, we'd like to get involved in the, on the resident, I'm, I'm sorry, the commercial side, uh -huh. um, maybe maybe open a rooftop cafe, a speakeasy. I mean, I, I like it all. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. so exciting. Yes. And the last yeah. thing we're considering is uh, we have some land and we are considering doing some container homes um, down the road. So um, a lot of ideas. We have a lot of ideas. 
A lot of ideas. So is there opportunity for people to kind of come alongside you and, and join you in this venture? Um, are you looking for, for people to connect with you? Like how can people support you in what you're doing? Yeah, you know, with the with the project, I was just just um, talking, uh-huh. sharing with you. Um, I hope to do a lot of JVs with that pro- you know, that that particular project. Bring people in, walk with them, help them to get started. In some cases, um, help them to manage the job if they live out of state. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'm hoping to kind of get into that lane as uh-huh. well to to encourage other investors to come to Tuskegee. Um, but if they're trying to reach me, they can find me on Facebook, at, you know, under my name Brenda Stroud. Um, they can always email me at info at StoneLegacyInvestors.com. The name of my business that I share with my son is Stone Legacy. Um, I have a 37-year-old son. I only have one. And I have two grandchildren and my daughter-in-law. They're a part of this business. And they're the main reasons why I do what I do is for legacy building. So um, that's where Stone Legacy Investors, the name came from. Um, so that those are the, the probably right now the best ways to reach me is to either send me a message off of Facebook um, as or send me an email. And again, it's under my name, Brenda Stroud, and I have an open account so you can reach me. It's not, it's not a problem. Oh, I love it. I love your attitude of abundance. There's enough for everyone. You're yes. looking for people to, to come alongside and, and catch this vision. You know, one of my favorite Ted talks is by Simon Sinek and it's called how great leaders inspire action. And he mm-hmm. says that a great leader, um, doesn't say I have a plan. He says, I have a dream. Yes. And I, I feel like the clarity of the vision that you have for making a difference in this community is something that will inspire so many others to make a difference in their own communities, but also to come alongside you and want to make this thing happen and continue to create successful win-win investments into this community that are great for the people that live there, the students that go to school there, Mm -hmm. and as well as the investors that want to want to create a return on investment um, in what they're doing. So thank you so much for, for bringing the vision to the people so that we can all be inspired by what you're doing and come alongside you. Well, thank you for, you know, even including me in this project. I'm really excited to share this information and to share it with you. You know, you know, I, I think very highly of you. <laughs> you know, I think that you you are amazing to even be to to even be able to create an opportunity for people like me to share their visions and get it out, you know, into the world to to help people to understand the importance of referrals and networking. All of that is important and and to have a platform that provides an opportunity to, to get that information out there is just as important, you know, as what, you know, what I'm doing. So thank you for being who you are and for caring about people like me. Absolutely. Well, and for those of you who don't, you know, don't know Brenda and I that well yet, like Brenda and I um, met as part of a mentorship and, um, and I saw, I saw so much energy and, um, you know, I was looking for people who were being brave and encouraging others to be brave. And so um, after our, our mentorship in that group ended, we, I reached out and said, hey, would you join me? I'm starting a mastermind. And so over the last couple of years, you and I have really been able to dig in together and get to know each other and be a support for each other, as well as the other women that have been a part of my mastermind. Yes. Um, could you just speak for a moment about like what has, what has being in a mastermind um, meant in your business and, and in your life? How's that been impactful for you? I, I think that's one of the most important decisions that I made was to join a mastermind um, because it's I, I get the opportunity to be in relationship with like-minded women 
you know, who have this, the same goal. And, you know, whether or not they're in an underserved community, that's that's irrelevant. They have their own goals and their own mission. But, you know, I've made some lifelong friends um, in this particular group. It's a place for me to go and share, you know, if I'm frustrated, if I'm tired, if something has happened, it gives me a safe place to go and have that conversation to kind of get me back on track. Because there are times when you need encouragement, when I need mm-hmm. encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the group that, that I am a part of has been a lifesaver for me. I can't imagine being where I am and not, you know, without being in this particular mastermind group, they definitely have contributed to my success. So I recommend it for, you know, anyone who's listening, make sure you get involved or get into a great mastermind group with a great leader. Um, I think that would add to your value and help you to elevate as a person and then as a business um, owner. Amazing. Well, you are who I call when I need encouragement or I need some some advice and wisdom. And I just appreciate so much not only how you've been willing to to pour into me, but also to um, be a friend, you know, because sometimes being an entrepreneur is lonely and when you can feel like you're doing this thing all by yourself. And so to always know that I've got a sister, that I've got someone that I can call, not just for advice, but just to like somebody to say, I get it. I get it. I've been there, you know, that's invaluable. Well, thank Absolutely. you so much. I, 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 I agree with you on that. You know, with us both being bridge jumpers, she didn't say that, <laughs> she was a bridge jumper too, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to have somebody say, no, sit down, <laughs> rest, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> so we are that for each other. And I am truly blessed by my relationship with you and meeting you. So I, I'm just really excited about that. And I, and I hope you guys find your own, Andrea. You can't have this one. <laughs> She's mine. <laughs> All right. oh, but thank you for it. you know for 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 including me you know in you know this yeah. interview and on this project and on your platform. I appreciate you so. Oh, I appreciate you. Well, today I want to challenge our listeners to spend some time thinking about how you can make an impact on the world with your business, how you can learn from what Brenda's doing and make the world a better place with what you do. So think about how can you share that vision with others who can help you make it happen. If you allow others to join your vision, then you can go further together. So if you want more clarity in your life and your business, um, I'm hosting a free workshop for women entrepreneurs on how to build your personal clarity, confidence, and connections so that you can increase your income and live your best life and inspire others to do the same. It's called The Three Secrets to Double Your Income, Clarity, Confidence, and Unlimited Referrals, and you can register today at andreaengstrom.com. And if something on the show today resonated with you, if Brenda's story knocked your socks (laughs) off and you're excited about what we're doing here. Would you let us know and um, give us a review on the podcast? Just click how many stars we get um, and you can reach out. Drop me a line at andreaingstrom.com. If you're a woman entrepreneur, you can join our Facebook group, Bold Women in Business Sisterhood, where I share strategies for clarity, confidence, and powerful connections so that you can build the business and the life that you deserve. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights and your vision with our listeners today. Thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, till next time, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to take action on your dreams. You are the one who makes your dreams come true. Show up to your life with power and authenticity. Be bold, be tenacious, and make it happen. <laughs>